Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And you gave us huge support. I want to thank to all Americans who understand that it's more than 43 billions for today. It's big support. And I understand that it's all your money, but, but you have to know that you spend this money for, for not, not just for fighting. You spend this money for our lives. And uh, I think that we save the, the last for, for, for Europe and for, for all the world. That's Zelensky speaking at the NATO summit where Ukraine is desperate to be a NATO member and NATO is like, let's slow your roll. And Ukraine is like, how dare you? Well, what other answer is there that they could possibly give? But I want to thank all Americans. I understand it's all your money. Well, I'm... I'm happy to see that. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to change how people feel about the effort and about the money, uh, but at least appreciate that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What is going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number, 833-GOT-TONY. Biden speaking at... The NATO summit has concluded uh, the first meeting of the NATO Ukraine Council and uh, where uh, all our allies agreed Ukraine's future lies in NATO. That's not a surprise to any of us, I don't think. I hope it's not a surprise to you, Mr. President. Allies all agreed to lift the requirements for membership action plan for Ukraine and to create a path to NATO membership while Ukraine continues to make progress on necessary reforms. But we're not waiting for that process to be finished to make the long-term commitments that we're making to Ukraine's security. I have found it stunning to see people say things like um, there's nothing wrong with Ukraine becoming a member of, of NATO. Nothing changes. I think Nikki Haley said that. What do you mean nothing changes? She made the statement that Biden made Putin's day rejecting Ukraine's NATO membership. I'm sorry, this is not this is not an appropriate response. One I I make the argument that one can understand and recognize that the support of Ukraine against Putin's aggression should take place. I state this clearly. I state this without any level of hesitation at all. But one should recognize what it is we're getting into. If we're going to say that Ukraine has to be a part of NATO, then we're saying that the United States is about to go to war with Russia. That's what we're saying. Article 5, an an attack against one is an attack against all. Ergo, we're going to war. This This is Nikki Haley's position? This position is ridiculous. This position is foolhardy. 
David French, who used to write for National Review and now writes for The Bulwark and made his bones being a rather ridiculous never-Trumper. I used to read him in National Review, at least thought he was interesting, said some things. I was like, that is a smart turn of phrase and has done so since. But dear Lord. Never Trump just ruins the mind. But we're going to state that whatever Ukraine wants, we have we need to do not as question of have to do, although maybe he believes that need to do. That's um, that's madness. Ukraine becomes a part of NATO and will have peace. If you ask me if I want the peace, the answer is sure I do. Are you sure? Are you sure you're making a statement there that's rational? Or are you making a statement there that is remarkably emotional? Who in the world said we would get peace if Ukraine joined NATO? It's, a, it's as if these people never ask themselves, what's on the other side of the hill? What is the downside of the move? In everything in life, in everything in life, there is a positive and there is a negative, the yin and yang. Or would they say yin and yang? With yin or ying? Yin, ying. Someone will correct me. I know in, in, in the Hebrew, there's the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Hurrah, good and evil, right? There, there, there are two sides. There's the whole concept of opportunity cost. I'll get into that. There's a downside to these things as well. And one should ask themselves, is this something we really want to jump into? What happens when Ukraine is a part of NATO, not just in the short term vis-a-vis uh, Russia, what happens in the long term? We haven't even fully discussed what's going on with Turkey. Did we forget that Turkey under Erdogan has been further eastward looking than westward looking? That the Turkish military is made up of all of our hardware. What happens when Turkey decides to share that information with um, Russia itself or China or someone else? What happens at that moment? This is a NATO ally. You're going to go to some kind of battle with, with the NATO nation, which obviously you're going to have to kick out of NATO if they were doing these things, and then you're going to fight them with the technology they've already got, how about the fact that Turkey had purchased from uh, from 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 Russia a missile defense system? I forgot the name of it. It was the SU. It was the S four hundred. Now I can point to you articles that discuss that the maybe the the Turks didn't get their their money's worth. Well, that's fine. I'm glad they didn't get their money's worth. But the S-400 system, missile defense system, is meant to take down 
the F-35, which Turkey was part of developing. We utilized the Turks to manufacture parts for the F-35. The S-400 from the Russians was meant to take down the F-35 strike fighter. And Turkey bought that missile defense system. NATO nation. These things don't exist in a freaking vacuum. And I find uh, Nikki Haley's commentary wholly inappropriate. As for Joe Biden, Ukraine's future lies in NATO. Um, I think that is the line that you use because the line is different than the reality. Here he was again on on the subject. I think that, uh, you know, we're going to make sure that you get what you need. And uh, I look forward to the day when we're having the meeting celebrating your official, official membership in NATO. So thank you for what you're doing. And uh, the bad news for you is we're not going anywhere. <laughs> the bad news is we're not going anywhere. Oh, that Joe, he's so witty. Did somebody did somebody give him an ice cream cone, please? He did such a good job. That's what you say. That's how you you you, know, you let the Ukrainian people know that we're on their side and all that jazz. But we already know that there are these these roadblocks and issues in the way of of the the joining. You just got to ask yourself, what are you getting? What does it lead to? What does it commit the United States to? Is there a value in it long term for us? You can't just scream out there. It's going to bring us peace, man. Ukraine's going to join and then everything's going to be great and everyone gets a cookie. Right? That's silly. That is silly. But is Biden wrong in saying what he said? No, I don't I don't I don't I don't think so because it's much more of a rah-rah statement uh than it is something um that is uh that is that commits. It doesn't commit us to anything. I look forward to the day Ukraine joins NATO is just a statement. It is not a, a, a binding anything. It's just that when we engage, we need to know what we're engaging for. And the people who are, 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 are focused on, well, we'd have peace if Ukraine was just a part of NATO, they're saying they want to commit the United States to war. Nah. That is, that is no way to be committed. Well, if they had already belonged to NATO, Russia never would have invaded interesting theory so so in order to stop wars we just put countries into nato it's a weird weird thought you know we can't actually be the policemen of the world and if there's one thing that this uh fight in ukraine has taught the other nato nations is that you got to be prepared Never forget that for whatever you think about Trump, Trump was right about NATO and how he went about it. Calling them to the carpet, demanding that they pay their fees, their share. 
not their fair share, literally just their share, that percentage of GDP, pay up, pay in. When he talked about Germany, why are you taking Russian natural gas? These are the people who want to destroy you. Why are you giving them the money to do that? He was right. But then again, so were the adults. All the adults were right. All the people who were okay with these other nations not paying anything in the U.S. just covering it all, these people who believed that we should be more like Europe while we're paying to protect Europe, they were all wrong. People like Joe Biden, who's been wrong in every foreign policy decision in the world since he's been a member of the Senate. People like Barack Obama. Just wrong. That's it. Ukraine doesn't belong to to NATO today, and they're not going to belong to NATO tomorrow. I'm Tony Katz. Christopher Ray, FBI director, is taking it on the chin in this oversight hearing, and he's taking it from everywhere. I mean, the, the, the conversations about people's privacy and their right to have their data and questions about what's being done without a warrant. This is Representative Zoe Lofgren, Democrat of California. In the Senate hearing, in response to Senate, uh, Senator Wyden's question of whether the FBI is currently purchasing Americans' location uh, data, you indicated that it was limited to data derived from Internet advertising. Uh, it's since been um, reported that the FBI has admitted it bought uh, U.S. location data. Is the FBI purchasing location data from commercial sources without a warrant? Uh, This is an area that requires a little more precision and context for me to be able to answer that fully. So let me have my staff follow back up with you so that I make sure that I don't leave something important out. I'll just close with uh, the FBI had 3.4 million backdoor searches of the FISA uh, database without a warrant in 2021. Can you say whether the FBI is continuing to search the FISA database without a warrant for American uh, Americans? Well, if you're asking about our use of 702 queries, um, those are uh, there is no warrant requirement under the Fourth Amendment for those queries. Uh, it's fairly well settled. The 3.4 uh, million figure that you're talking about, I guess I would say a couple things. One, that's not 3.4 million people. That's 3.4 million search terms or query terms. Second, second, that's not a, those are not uh, queries in violation of rules. Those are just queries my, my, under my the My time has expired, but the committee will ex- look into the warrant requirement later. Sure in the- will. Oh, yes, they sure will. That was Jim Jordan saying sure will. Have we found an area of agreement? And you say to me, Tony, I'm not so sure. Representative Pramila Jayapal. Check this out. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Director Ray, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for your service to the country. Um, I do want to focus on some areas of concern around American civil liberties that I have have had long-standing concerns about. In testimony to Senate Intelligence in March, you stated that the FBI had previously purchased 
commercial database information that includes location data derived from Internet advertising, but that, to your knowledge, the FBI does not currently purchase data. But just last month, the ODNI declassified a report revealing that the FBI and other agencies do purchase significant amounts of commercially available information about Americans from data brokers. And the report notes that commercially available information, quote, has increasingly important risks and implications for U.S. persons' privacy and civil liberties as commercially available information can reveal sensitive and intimate information about individuals. It is public information that the FBI uses Babel Street and Vent, uh, Ventel and has a Lexus account. All of these companies provide data for purchase. Can you tell me how the FBI uses that data? Uh, respectfully, this is a topic that gets very involved to explain. Well, fantastic. Why don't you take your time? I'll make popcorn. Did we just stumble upon something that Republicans and Democrats can get done? Ensuring that the liberties of American citizens remain and that the FBI has to jump through every hoop to do their job because that's what they have to do. I'm not here to make their job easier. I'm not willing to have less rights in order to make it easier for them to do their job. Screw them. If it's too tough, work at Dairy Queen. I don't want to hear it. Those were two Democrats asking what you know are very worthy questions. And even the way they were asked, they broke it down. Here's the data. Here's the question. Bravo. Congressman Matt Gates. How many illegal FISA queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the inspector general? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure, actually, that's a, com- a correct characterization of the inspector general's uh, oh, well, findings on well, that. The internet will remind you of I, that in moments. But, but let, let's now go to uh, what the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. W- w- do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like you- a number you should know. How many times the FBI's breaking the law under your watch? Well, in his view, he's probably not breaking the law at all. Now, Gates is doing it in far too much show. I think you've got something here. You have to ask yourself the question. Do you want the politics of the thing or do you want the thing? Me, I want the thing. If we can rein in the FBI... If we can protect the rights of the people, if we can put an end to information being shared willy-nilly like with banks or with ad agencies and ever, or, or, or others, with the FBI, count me the hell in. Fascinating couple of moments here. I do not know if it will hold, but I'm happy to see this. You know what I didn't get into? I didn't get into Representative Andy Biggs. Asking whether or not the FBI had confidential human sources in the crowd on January 6th. Ray refused to answer. Remind me to play that tomorrow. Remind me to play all that tomorrow. Oh, if you ask me if the FBI had sources amongst the January 6th crowd, my answer is, duh. I'm Tony Katz. This 
is Tony Katz today. So Justice Sotomayor used her position in order to profit. I thought this is exactly the thing we didn't want from Supreme Court justices, and therefore she has to be impeached. No? Is that not how it works? When Justice Clarence Thomas doesn't violate any ethics rules, but does take vacations with somebody who's a billionaire, the left goes crazy. It's an attack on the court like nothing else. When Samuel Alito goes on a a vacation, a hunting trip, whatever it is, with somebody with a lot of money, it's a violation of the court's ethics. And, And this person has a business connected to a business with issues in front of the court. You won't get me to disagree that if you've got an issue in front of the court, you can't have a justice palling around with the person. But I've got Sonia Sotomayor, her staff, saying, well, you know, you're going to be having the justice speak. Don't forget, she's got all these books. You should buy all of them. You should buy all of them. Here, uh, you, you're, you're going to get, you know, 200 cartons of books this day and 180 cartons of books this day. Oh, well, you know, if you want her to speak, you really need to be able to be helpful. Don't you want to be helpful of the justice? This happened. We've got the story. The question is, what do you want to do about it? The question is, what does the media want to do about it? Do they want to discuss it? Do they want to share it? Do they want to say, hmm, we really do have an issue with ethics in the Supreme Court. We need to do something about this. Or do they want to do what they always do, which is absolutely nothing? Do they just want more of this? It's always the crickets when it's their people. And if it's somebody they disagree with, well, they'll invent things to say. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. I think there's a rational argument to be made for, dear Lord, what is the Supreme Court doing? And should we allow these things to take place? Supreme Court justices, by the way, make $285,000 a year. And I am not arguing that a justice can't write a book. It is, however, questionable when the staff is saying, if you want uh, the justice to speak, you should buy some copies. You really need to buy some copies. You you know, you should have some copies. I'll, I'll take a book. No, no, no. 500 books. You'll take 500 books is what you'll do if you want the, the, the justice. It seems like a way for those who agree ideologically to continue to push somebody in an ideological direction. Now, I've said this about Sonia Sotomayor before. She does not adjudicate. She votes. What's the progressive position? That's the position I go for. And with very few exceptions, and there certainly have been exceptions, she has been the the stereotypical progressive vote only interested in what the progressive movement wants from her only and solely interested in that and that alone not interested in the case what is the progressive message i need to put out and she puts it out that's why i state she does not adjudicate though that happens rarely we're going to be seeing this more and more from katanji brown jackson because her dissents in these past couple of cases about, you know, the, the, the website design and other things, um, just 
the 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 radicalness in her conversation about diversity and her dissent uh, about uh, affirmative action talking about how uh black children die without black doctors black babies die without black doctors and lifespans or, or, or expectancy for life is doubled when uh dealing with a black doctor uh she got so called to the carpet on it her staff now has to uh rework the the dissent because of course it was just nonsense pablum that was being put out hey look at me i can make a statement here and uh it, it, it make it as extreme as possible you don't make things as extreme as possible you engage honestly in what you are witnessing when you take when you are a supreme court justice one would assume you're actually taking a look at the law and you're saying what does this mean from my studies from my research what is it saying how does it apply to the current case and you come up with a decision there could be different interpretations and that's what the court does i think we're all okay with this it's not okay to say I don't actually look at the law. I look at the political party, see what it is they need at the moment, and then bend things to that will. But what else could you expect from somebody who cannot answer what a woman is by claiming I'm not a biologist? That is a despicable answer. She never should have been confirmed because of that answer. That's nonsense. Again, pablum, which she now has a penchant for. So that's what we see in people like Kentanji Brown-Jackson and Sonia Sotomayor, both Supreme Court justices. But this is different. If you told me that Sonia Sotomayor took vacations with Oprah Winfrey, okay, if it isn't a violation to, to take trips, well, then it's not a violation to take trips. And if Clarence Thomas is taking a trip with so-and-so and Justice Alito is, okay, Sonia Sotomayor is. They, they, they have friends. I'm not going to tell them not to have friends. They can have rich friends. Some people have rich friends. Some people have poor friends. It's, it's like boats. I don't ever want to own a boat. I very much want friends with boats. Very important to me. As a matter of fact, it's on my checklist. Hey, before this goes any further, got any seafaring vessels? It's, it's one of the first questions that I ask. Tell me about your bourbon collection. That's actually number two. But if your staff is saying, "Hey, um, uh, if you're uh, if you if you're going to be having the the, the justice as a as a speaker, you're going to need some books." One aide writing to a library for an event with a thousand people, and they have to have a copy of of the book to get in line. Two hundred fifty books is definitely not enough. Families purchase multiples, and people will be upset if they are unable to get in line because the book is re- book required is sold out. See that? You don't want to you don't want to upset the people in line, so therefore you have to order more copies. It's up to you. You figure it out as long as we get paid. Clemson, the school offered to buy 60 signed copies before a 2017 experience, a, a 2017 appearance. So Clemson said, "We'll buy 60 signed copies." Sotomayor staff wrote back saying, "You know, most schools order around 400." Michigan State University had Sotomayor, Justice Sotomayor, come to the campus in 2018, and they spent $100,000 on copies of her memoir, My Beloved World. 
My gosh. That's an issue. Is this what we want? Is this something that we want uh, from a, a member of the Supreme Court? Is, is this this level of, of, it's not influence. It's a pressure campaign. If you want, you'll do. If you want, you'll do. But really, the conversation here goes to if it was wrong for Alito and it was wrong for for Clarence Thomas, then how is it not wrong for Sonia Sotomayor? The question here is not whether or not she could sell a book. She could sell a book. She could write a book. She could sell a book. But if we're engaged in a pressure campaign from the Supreme Court, her aides, if you want her, you got to buy X. Well, that's an issue. One can ask whether or not that's ethical. Well, Tony, that's business. Huh. Huh. It's just business. Is it just business when it's a Supreme Court justice? You see, if it's me, and I say in order to get me to appear somewhere, you got to buy 500 books. Um, well, that's something. I could do that as a... As a, as a, I guess, a personality, and and I don't know. Do I qualify as a personality? No, I know I have a personality. Do I? I I believe I qualify as minor celebrity. I think that's where we have put it. Minor celebrity, it's it's where it is. Always always know where you are in the pecking order. I, I it's very important. Know your place, for sure. I don't know. Maybe I'll start doing that. No, I don't have a fee, but you got to buy X number of books. And you, you can hand them out. You can give them out to people. I mean, I will admit, I will admit, I charge for, for, for speaking. Of course I do. It's time. It's time. It's effort. It's, it's not free. I mean, I do plenty of charity work. But if you want me to speak somewhere about X, Y, Z, yeah, I charge for it. Sometimes people are amazed. They are amazed. That, what do you mean you're going to charge us? We're just a Republican club or we're this or we're that. Yeah, but you want me to drive an hour and you want me to speak for an hour and then you want me to hang out with people for an hour and then you want me to drive back for an hour. Why is that free? And sometimes uh, conservatives are amazed to learn that they're not actually capitalists. <laughs> How dare you? Well, I, I, my time is worth something. I, I, I value me which is really the weirdest part. The weirdest part is when people get upset that you value yourself. You value your time. You're a business owner, right? You 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 charge for for your work. It's it's not all free. You know, it's like when you have somebody fix your computer and and they come in, they look at the problem and they press two buttons and it's working and they give you a bill of $350. And you're like, "You just press two buttons. Why is this $350?" Because I knew which two buttons to push. Because that's what it is. Why should they be embarrassed? Why should they do it for free? Oh, come on. It was so easy. You shouldn't have to get paid for that. What about the study it took to figure out which two buttons to push? Why is that like like just, just pushed off the pages? Like it doesn't matter. I've always found that to be a, a, a radical, radical thing. Why, why in the world shouldn't they get paid for it? Why should I get paid for my time? Why should I get paid for my my talk, my conversation, the theory? I've worked hard to do this thing. I should. Get, I, I want to get compensated for it. Now, if you don't want to pay the price, okay. No, no anger, no anger, but not charged. 
Sorry. And and thank good. I will say this. Uh, thank goodness I no longer get the people who reach out to me and say, hey, uh, we'd love to have you come. Uh, we'd like to invite you to come at this event. It's going to be really, really good. It'll give you great exposure. I I swear to you. I swear, that, that works in the beginning. There comes a moment where that is just becomes insulting. But people get amazed. I, I'm not amazed that people charge for what they do. And it doesn't amaze me that, that Justice Sotomayor writes a book or sells a book. I'm, I'm fine with that. Truly, truly fine with that. Um, but a pressure campaign from a public official, that's different. If I said in lieu of, of a payment or I take a payment and then you got to buy X number of books, that's my deal as a private citizen in, in a transaction. It is different when you're public. It's different when you're a public servant. And yes, the Supreme Court justice is a public servant. Is what she did impeachable? Interesting question. Um, I would argue on the politics of it, that's not going to happen. I would argue in the principle of it, that is a conversation that should happen. Pressuring people via your government job, pressuring people to give you money when you are a, a member of the Supreme Court is not a look you want, is, does not, uh, is not becoming of the court, is actually damning and damaging. And there's a question of whether or not one could um, really believe that you are acting in the best interest of the court and of the, of the nation. And I don't mind that question being asked of Justice Sotomayor. I'm fine with it. There's a difference between what happens with those in the public and those in the private sector. You want the public sector, you get the public sector. But you also have to deal with the consequences therein. You can't make the deals that maybe I can make in this position or you can make in this position. So Justice Sotomayor should be under the microscope. Not for writing the books, but for the pressure being put on these places to buy the books. That's wrong. And if those on the political left don't want to bring it up and only want to talk about Justice Thomas and Justice Alito, well, we can just dismiss them because they're unserious about the very idea of standards at all, whether it be the Supreme Court or anywhere else. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. I do like it when culture is a big part of the conversation. Because the culture matters more than the politics because the culture sets the politics. If you've never heard the term politics is downstream of culture, well, then allow me to be the first person to tell it to you. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Politics is downstream of culture. What happens politically happens because culture sets the tone and politicians respond to it. It's like the conversation about the difference between the thermostat and the thermometer. A thermometer measures temperature, a thermostat changes temperature. The people are the thermostat, the politicians are the thermometer. They're reading us and they're making changes and decisions based on where the heat is coming from. That's how it works. So politics being downstream of culture means that things happen culturally and the political body changes with it to satisfy that cultural move. Winning the culture is everything. 
And so when people scream, oh, it's just Republicans in a culture war, yeah, so what? Remember, they didn't start it. I'm angry about that, by the way. Conservatives should well be within the culture war. You know how you win the culture and education? You tell conservatives to become teachers. You know how you win it in film? You make movies. And so this movie, Sound of Freedom, I admit it, I haven't seen it yet, and I've seen some people review it not glowingly in terms of the acting of the story, but conceptually, this story about a, a former DHS agent who quit his job to rescue children from a sex trafficking operation. And people are upset with this movie and trying to call this movie out and shame the movie and you shouldn't carry the movie. And people are trying, you know, in a very grassroots way to get it going. Uh, the singer, Jewel, came out and said um, uh, that the movie is, is, is terrific and such an important story. Yeah, a story that highlights the horrors of human trafficking, sex trafficking, a pretty important story. A story that I think should be out there. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I'm not telling you not to see the movie. I am saying that it doesn't, that the fact that the movie may not be great, and I don't know if it is or isn't, is secondary to the fact that the movie got made. And stories that aren't all about wokeness need to get made. And eventually they'll be made well. But this being in, jumping in, forcing people to talk about it, that is the way you move people. So even if it's not done perfectly, it's better than not being done at all. And hopefully this will be the film that convinces people to go out and make more movies and spend money to make the movies. I'm Tony Katz.